0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Move Nourished podcast, where we discuss nutritious eating, functional movement, and herbal medicine to help you move, eat, and live better. I'm Alyssa.
1: And I'm Forrest. We're clinical herbalists, movement coaches, and wellness nerds. Let's get started.
0: All right, dear listeners, welcome back to our three-part series on herbs to encourage athletic recovery. The last episode where we talked about this, we discussed nervine and muscular relaxants to help your body shift into a state of rest. So just as a quick primer, the three pillars of recovery as for us and I see it are rest, resources, and resilience. So go back and check out our episode on rest if you have not already. There's a lot of really practical and useful takeaways for that. Today we are going to be discussing herbs to help support your body's utilization of its resources. Because the better you utilize the resources that your body has, that you intake via food, et cetera, the better you are going to be able to recover. So Forrest, let's start by telling folks the two categories of herbs we're going to be talking about and how those are related to people's improvement of resources. So we have inflammation reducing herbs and we have our digestive herbs. And I'll let you pick which one we start with. Yeah. So I think
1: Generally, we're looking at what herbs help to build resources. And so our big resource building, first of all, is going to be foods and getting the nutrients that we need in diet. Sure. And so looking at herbs that didn't help that, we're looking at herbs that increase the utilization of nutrients, that Mm -hmm. increase the metabolic processes. I think we should hit the ground rolling with digestion.
0: Yeah, let's do it. So our digestive bitters, just to say that in different words, they're going to be able to help us improve our metabolism, improve the absorption, the breakdown, and the assimilation of nutrients. And the better we can do that, the more our resource pool expands in order to be able to make better use of the things that we are eating. So. We have narrowed it down to we're gonna talk about three today, three of our favorites, and before we you know talk about specific plants, let's talk about what digestive bitters are and how they help us improve our use of resources and by helping uh improve our in the broadest strokes improve our digestion,
1: yeah, so why is digestion so important for recovery? If digestion is the way we get the adequate nutrients from our food and Mm -hmm. so nutrition is a pillar of functioning but really people say you are what you eat but sometimes it's more you are what you eat and then digest
0: right you are what you absorb and
1: so having optimal digestion one means you're getting the nutrients you need for optimal performance and two when digestion is not optimal it creates inflammation and also creates other red flags for the body system that's like hey this is a stressor and i'm not going to function as well as i should be functioning yep and so the neat thing is is that there's a taste really yep. that improves digestive capacity so the bitter taste that is almost completely absent. absent from our modern diet yeah but Yeah. All but absent unless you drink really strong IPA and black coffee. Yeah. There's a few little examples that most people, if they do them, aren't doing them to a great degree. And so that bitter flavor when it's in our diet, when it's in our diet more in the way that it was in our ancestors diet, it stimulates the digestive secretions and motions. So it basically If you go through your whole digestive system, every step along the way, there are secretions that are used for digestion. There's saliva in your mouth and then there's hydrochloric stomach acid in your stomach and then bile coming from your gallbladder and pancreatic enzymes coming from your pancreas. Mm -hmm. And then you have the motion of the intestine that's actually moving everything along Mm -hmm. and the movement of absorption. And bitters basically ramp up, they stimulate and ramp up each stage of that process. And there are certain plants that are better They ramp up the production.
0: They sometimes in herbalism, it's talked about in the terms of the metaphor of digestive fire. So they stoke digestive fire.
1: They stoke the fire. Mm -hmm. Mm
0: -hmm. Exactly. And And so not only this, but I think it's also important. We both work with a handful of athletes. I work with a handful of competitive athletes and... Oftentimes, especially I work with MMA athletes and if they have done, if they have to do weight cutting, if they have to manipulate their weight, if they have to manipulate their diet, sometimes even if they don't and they're just like really athletic and a lot of athletes I've encountered have sneaky digestive issues that are oftentimes best spoken to by the application of digestive bitter. So it's removing a barrier to performance in that way and a barrier to recovery in that way as well when we correct whatever heartburn, constipation too much tension, etc.
1: You know, know, I feel like digestion is becoming more and more recognized as this underlying factor in health and performance. And it's being recognized that sometimes you have digestive issues and you don't feel them as digestive issues, or you don't feel Mm -hmm. like they're a big deal, but they actually then can sneakily affect your stress level, your performance level, your Your other parts of your health, your sleep, Mm -hmm. even your inflammation level and how that yep. affects pain in, in, in your joints.
0: How well you're able um, to build muscle because of how well you're able to break down in a similar exactly. protein you're eating.
1: And I think because of functional medicine and other healing philosophies that are getting more and more mainstream, that's recognized. But with a lot of times it's like, OK, well, what do we do about it? There's dietary changes we can make. And then a lot of times folks are moving really quickly to specialized supplements, like mm-hmm. digestive enzymes or bile, HL, supplements. Yeah. bile mm-hmm. supplements, things like that, which I've used those. Um, mm-hmm. But we have this first line of defense that's been what our ancestors just ate as part of their diet. And then even after that, What physicians and healers in more recent ancient times (laughs) used as their first line of defense for for increasing digestive functioning, and that's bitters.
0: And the organic farmer in me feels the need to point out, like you were saying, I almost think about it like we think about our gut bacteria where we co-evolved. Mm-hmm. We co-evolved with these bacteria in sort of a symbiotic relationship. You could almost think about that the same way here, where we co-evolved with these flavors. We need the bitter flavor in order for our digestive system to work properly, right? Jim McDonald, the herbalist Jim McDonald, talks about it in terms of like, we have a bitters deficiency. And because we have bred it out of our food because the taste fell out of fashion or we figured out how to breed it out of our food and we love sugar, we don't love bitter. So why not? If we are capable of breeding the bitter out, what could possibly be the harm? All of our digestive systems are telling us that there is harm. You have, I think it's either 22 or 24 different bitter receptors on the tongue for this flavor. I mean, and if that doesn't tell you how, you know, important it was, whether for detecting whether something's poison or for just detecting the flavor in order to stimulate these secretions across the you know the entirety of the je- digestive landscape
1: in addition we have bitter receptors in our guts in. and even in our liver that are continuing to respond to these bitter compounds even long after we can't taste them anymore which wow is yeah mm-hmm.
0: that's awesome all right so do we feel ready to mention a few of our favorite <laughs> digestive bitter herbs
1: definitely and yeah and also don't forget to Eat bitter greens, mm, mm-hmm, eat dark yes. chocolate, things to get more bitter in. Bitter is good. So bitter having, is good. <laughs> having more of it than just what you take in in the form of an herbal supplement mm-hmm. is a really excellent idea.
0: True. So bitter greens like radique, grilled radicchio, frisee, endive. I really like broccoli rabe. It's cheap and it looks like mm-hmm. broccoli and it tastes a little bit like broccoli, but it's got more bitterness to it. And you can find it at the store, you know, at, at most grocery stores nowadays. Like we were saying black coffee, ideally decaf, really, really, really dark chocolate, hoppy IPAs. Those are the examples that come to my mind. But as far as specific bitter herbs, if you're looking to supplement with that, or if you're working on incorporating those bitter foods into your diet and you would like some help from a more concentrated formula in the meantime, I mean, if I had to pick a desert island bitter, it would probably be Angelica just because it kind of does everything. Not only is it bitter... Uh, But it's also carminative, which means it has – usually it's volatile oils that are carminative. It has volatile oils that stimulate blood flow to the digestive organs, which is something that is affected by our stress levels. So it helps reverse the effects of stress, which pulls blood flow away from these areas. So it's warming. It's bitter. It's grounding. Because a
1: lot of times you think about, oh, with a bitter, you make – Oftentimes, mix in like cardamom or sure. coriander or something yeah, warming something and fermented. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Angelica, it's like a package deal. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and there were, if I'm remembering correctly, it has historically been very important in, at the very least, European herbalism, where there were medieval laws written that you could be heavily, heavily punished for stealing someone's angelica. And angelica yeah. is specifically mentioned as something that it was really important not to take from other people. <laughs> Like if you yes. went into their Angelica patch and messed with their Angelica, there was very there could be very serious consequences because it was mm-hmm. such an important plant. The
1: next one that is, I, I think my favorite, just for its versatility as a bitter, is dandelion. Mm. And dandelion,
0: so, just for pe- clarification, dandelion root is really dandelion, what we
1: here. Dandelion root as a as a herbal medicine, and then uh, dandelion greens as a f- bitter food. Yep. Yeah. You know? So you can eat the greens as a bitter food. You know, once you've dried them and turned them into medicine, they really have a take on a little bit of a different nature. And I, yeah, arable medicine-wise, I would go for the root. And so a lot of bitters, you're more using them as tinctures and mm-hmm. mixing them into a formula or, or taking teas. them as but I mean teas, I use less. If you
0: can get someone to drink a whole cup of bitter it, tea, I mean, I feel like that's really effective, but it's just not really very palatable. <laughs> it's just
1: not as palatable. So most of the time you're using tinctures as an uh, aperitif. You're taking it before you eat to jumpstart that process. Yep. Now, dandelion, you can roast it, mm. and then it is dandelion along with chicory mm-hmm. are some of the most palatable bitter teas, I think. Um,
0: and also really popular coffee replacements. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: They were drank as a coffee replacement. It was a popular thing in the Civil War because of coffee shortages in the South, and so basically roasted bitter herbs were added to the little bit of coffee that there was to make it taste more like coffee again. So that's still, you've gone to New Orleans and drank the Café du Monde. Yeah. coffee. That's the secret ingredient is roasted it's chicory, roasted, chicory. Or roasted or roasted dandelion and other yep. blends. So.
0: Our last one that we wanted to talk about is artichoke leaf. That's pretty accessible mm-hmm. and pretty cheap. That one is really good specifically if you are dealing with sort of a sluggish f- digestion from the standpoint of your bowel movements. If you struggle with a little bit of constipation, that would be one of the first ones that I would think of. It's got a little bit of just A little bit of the same constituents that's in some of your over-the-counter laxatives, but in much smaller amounts, much safer amounts, because some of those over-the-counter laxatives, you really have to be worried about creating a tissue dependence and then not being able to function without them. And with artichoke leaf, they're small enough where they'll help encourage it, but they're also bitter. And so they're helping to fix the underlying problem while they're also help to support you symptomatically. Right.
1: And, and artichoke leaf is what we call a colagogue. And so mm-hmm. it's a bitter herb that specifically boosts the gallbladder bile production. And so yep. that means it's, that's one of the ways that it helps with- or hepatic
0: bile production. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: And that's one of the ways that it helps with bowel movements, but it also means that it's especially helpful for if you find that you have a hard time digesting fat. Mm-hmm. So artichoke leaf is really great folks that are going, moving to a more high fat diet and going on to keto, but digestively, they don't feel like they can handle it. It can be excellent there. And then it could also be excellent for folks that have been on low fat diets for a long time and yeah. are maybe transitioning just to an, a less restricted diet yep. and find that they don't tolerate fats well.
0: Mm-hmm. So those are our three of our favorites. But again, the category of you know, anything, if it tastes bitter, it hits the mark here, right? In the broadest strokes, like if it tastes bitter, it's helping. So we can get into the nuance and we can get into the, like the most effective remedies and the most efficient remedies for certain things. But ultimately at the end of the day, if it tastes bitter,
1: it's 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 moving
0: in the right direction.
1: Yeah. And you can find a lot of digestive bitter formulas out there to try. The uh, Urban Moonshine is famous for their variety of Bitter concoctions. And then you even have cocktail based bitters that yeah. are still made with angelica and burdock and dandelion and mm-hmm. some of these same herbs and can still be used much the same way.
0: Yeah. Should yeah. we talk about pre- some prebiotic tonics briefly?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, mm-hmm.
0: So first of all, di- what's a prebiotic? Let's talk about what a prebiotic yeah. is.
1: So prebiotics are foods that help to feed gut bacteria. So mm-hmm. as we've learned more and more about this amazing digestive system we have, we've figured out that in addition to having all of this amazing hardware ourselves, <laughs> that the digestive bitters <laughs> are enhancing, we also co-evolve with gut bacteria that right. help us digest our food. They take our food and turn it into... All kinds of nutrients that we need. They make neurotransmitters for us. They do, we could do a whole cast on sure. how important gut bacteria is, and maybe we will. But as we've learned more in modern times about gut bacteria and its importance, I, mean, I think we're starting to recognize as herbalists a new category or a new old category of herbs um which is your prebiotic now nobody called them prebiotics because people didn't really recognize things
0: in that way back that
1: sense but in a lot of herbal traditions in addition to bitters and carminatives these starchy tonics were used and so These are herbs that have a lot of polysaccharides, which are a starch that we don't digest. So basically they go through our digestive system untouched until they reach our colon where our bacteria devour them and break them down and turn them into things. And some of them are very general and some of them, modern research is showing selectively feed different bacteria, which then those different bacteria can have different effects on our health. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's really this whole new, new old category of herbs that that we can think things like the Chinese Cotinopsis. My favorite Western polysaccharide rich herb is Elecampane.
0: But then also foods.
1: But yeah, but then also foods as well. You think about our a lot of these things like Jerusalem artichokes and celery root and Turnips. things like that. Turnips, all of these root vegetables that have unique starchy compositions where mm-hmm. they're, you kind to think if you take a potato, which is primarily made of the kind of starch we can digest and absorb, which is why yes. it became so popular. But then you start moving into, well, what's the difference between that and these other root vegetables that a lot of them have a lot more starchy composition that it has that's selective to certain bacteria that is less absorbable by us and more feeds more of our gut bacteria. And then you also even have in foods like oatmeal the prebiotic starchy, starchy polysaccharides. The other place that's a really popular right now is medicinal mushrooms, mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of medicinal mushrooms, and a lot of them have a lot of effect on the immune system. But there's also medicinal mushrooms that affect the nervous system. But these mushrooms like lion's mane, chaga, cordyceps, reishi, turkey tail, turkey tail, all of those that you've probably seen and heard about, they are building, they're building health through their polysaccharide content. Mm -hmm. So turkey tail has polysaccharides that have been studied to increase generalized immunity. Mm -hmm. Whereas there's polysaccharides and other mushrooms that do other things. So that when you look at those mushroom broths and mushroom tonics and mud waters and all those things, we're looking at that from a gut perspective. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I think that looking forward into how to build digestive health and build nourishment with herbs, Mm -hmm. we can look to bitters and things like that, but also looking to the gut bacteria building Plants as well,
0: and one thing I'll say, listeners, is that the reason this is of importance is that these foods replace something that is currently missing from our standard American diet. Right. So that's why these are important. It's not that that's just like eat your vegetables. It's also there is something missing in our low fiber, high refined carb, high omega six right. diets that we're not. This is an element that we used to get a lot of that we no longer get a lot of, and so this is in one sense corrective or mitigates some of the negative effects of the modern standard American diet.
1: Right. It provides a resource that is maybe biologically expected, but no longer provided by our standard diets.
0: That's a good way of putting it. Mm -hmm. All right. So in the couple minutes that we have left, I wanted us to just touch on our inflammation moderating herbs and how our anti-inflammatories help us out a little bit to make better use of our resources since we are talking about how to improve our usage of resources in relation right. to how to improve our recovery.
1: And you come on the same theme of looking at these uh, these resource building herbs. A lot of them are herbs that were a part of our diet for a long time. Mm-hmm. And so in traditional diets, we ate a lot of polyphenol rich fruits like blueberries and blackberries. We ate a lot of spices and things mm-hmm. that had a carminative effect on our digestive system, but also have a whole litany of inflammatory modulating Mm -hmm. compounds. And those help to mitigate inflammation um, levels, whether those inflammations were just the general inflammation from activity, whether that was extra inflammation from an injury or something like that. Yep. In our modern life, we have a double whammy of inflammation. We've got less resources in our diet for mitigating inflammation than in the past, but then we have more sources of inflammation through stress, through, uh, in, you know, pro-inflammatory and things, foods, mm-hmm. pro-inflammatory foods through things, you environmental know,
0: environmental contaminants, environmental. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And so it's like, we have more pro-inflammatory things and less of the inflammatory mediators that we used to would have eaten a lot more of. And so I think, In looking at herbs that are resources uh, for recovery, we look at herbs that help to mitigate some of those inflammation levels.
0: Yes. We've mentioned some of our polyphenol-rich, specifically fruits. So berries really shine here. Blueberries, blackberries, raspberries, Mm -hmm. tart cherry really shines here. Some of our kitchen spices that are are probably the other major category here. So your ginger, your turmeric, a lot of your warming spices have this sort of blood-moving anti-inflammatory vibes. Specifically, there's a lot of research around turmeric. We've talked about it in our episode on anti-inflammatory herbs. So go back and check that episode out for detailed explanations of some of our favorite herbal anti-inflammatories. But just to list a few out here and talk briefly, right? Ginger, very warming, anti-inflammatory. Turmeric is similar, warming, anti-inflammatory. And these are things that we can be using Oftentimes in big enough quantities in our food preparation that can make a, quant- you know, a meaningful difference. And you can achieve a therapeutic dose of turmeric through food.
1: Yeah. And I think it's really cool. Nature's provided us with a ton of warming spices that are inflammatory mediators. And mm-hmm. then also a bunch of cooling fruits mm-hmm. <laughs> like tart cherry juice and blueberries and things like that that are more on the cooling side of things from a herbal energetic perspective that also work to mediate inflammation, mediate oxidative stress. So they act as antioxidants and things like that.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: So in review, we're looking at herbal resources, which are really just adding back into some of those resources from our ancestral diets that increase our capacity for recovery, increasing our digestion with bitter foods and bitter herbs that stoke the digestive fire, feeding our helpful gut bacteria with prebiotic polysaccharide rich herbs, which also helps with digestion and then also making sure we have extra stores of our inflammatory mediating phytochemicals that come in from spices and fruits and things like that.
0: Which help us better use our resources because when we are in a balanced, you know, not, like not pro-inflammatory state, most of our body processes, I would argue, work better and more efficiently. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Well, this has been episode two of our three-episode series on herbal remedies to encourage athletic recovery. Like we said at the beginning, if you haven't checked out our episode on how to use herbs to improve the first pillar of athletic recovery, which is rest, go check that out. Today, we talked about herbs that we can use to improve our utilization of resources, which is the second R of recovery. Stay tuned for our next episode on herbs for athletic recovery, where we are going to discuss how to support the third R of recovery, which is resilience. This has been the Move Nourish podcast. Thank y'all for listening, and we will catch you next time.